Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to Why Are You Like This, Taylor's version. And now we are tackling Fearless. I have once again brought along my co-host for this adventure, Sean Doherty. Hey, babe. Hi. How are you? I'm fearless. Ooh, yes. Are you ready for some stats about this album? Oh, yeah, actually. I actually don't. This again, for the viewers, viewers, (laughs) for the listeners at home, um, this was still a blind spot for me. So I know very little about the journey of fearless it's great to learn we love to learn and we i love to learn again listeners we can all learn together (laughs) listeners readers uh anybody in between most of this is from wikipedia so again it could be wrong and then the rest of it is our opinion yeah and our opinion is just our opinion (laughs) so anyway fearless Taylor's second album, which she released at 18, it was written mm-hmm. most same. same, right? <laughs> it was written mostly while she was on the road touring and, you know, promoting her debut album. She Whoa, crazy. once again wrote on every single song and has seven songs written exclusively by her on the original release. Um, and this is her first time credited as a producer. She actually co-produced the entire album with Nathan Chapman, who produced her self-titled debut, worked on Fearless, and then eventually works on Speak Now, Red, and 1989. So he's in the family. Work. Um, It had five singles, including Love Story, White Horse, You Belong With Me, 15, and Fearless, the title track, Um, which like... I just named like iconic songs. So very good. Just like some of the the biggest... Uh, some of the biggest hits of like all time. Yeah, it's chill. Just from her eighteen-year-old album, um, like self-titled, many critics could not place the genre of the album. It kept questioning what is a country song. To which Taylor Swift responded by saying, "Whether you tell stories about how you live on a farm and cherish your family and God, or whether you tell stories about being in high school and being cheated on, there's stories about your life. That's what makes me a country artist." Oh, so we're finally getting the answer. So we're getting a little bit of she's got she's definitely had people asking that same question mm-hmm. from our last time as to what makes a country song a country song, which I will say, still unsure. Still unsure, especially in the But if album. you claim it, if you claim it, go off. Go off. I love it. Go off, sis. Uh yeah, so at least she's giving us some sort of loose definition. I do think as we go through the album, I will constantly say, What is a country song? I will say this one to me overall felt more in the vein of what we when we googled what is country mm-hmm. like banjo fiddles lots of storytelling lots of like it just it felt very much more in the vein of like general country than her debut did which i thought was interesting mm-hmm. because otherwise i always just assumed that we were going to get further from country from the debut out but this one to me felt more like a full country album without any dives into like pop territory See, ooh, we'll talk about that because there are some tracks that I'm like, excuse me. Yes, because I have some, I have some thoughts on that. But too. I do, I do love a double down. I do love her being like, oh, you wanted a country album. Well, I'm gonna give you a fiddle, I'll and you're gonna you hear the banjo. fiddle. <laughs> yes. 
we I want the listeners to know we did ethically source this listen through. We listened to uh Fearless Taylor's version. The Taylor's version. All hour and 46 minutes of it. Honestly, long. Honestly, a very long time to be sitting there listening, which I'll also talk about because t- Red is longer and I don't necessarily feel the same way. <laughs> Sean, will you explain why Taylor Swift is re-recording these albums to the listeners at home? Oh, yes, of course. What is the way she described this on Seth Meyers? She was like, she's like, okay, so basically um, I wanted to own my own music because most people in the recording industry didn't own their own music. And I just had the thought that if I recorded it once, well, I can definitely do it again. <laughs> and so she doesn't own her own music and it was sold away from her to another country country another <laughs> we said country, country a lot yeah. there we sold to uh, another company and all through the hands of he who must not be named mm-hmm. scoot scoot and uh <laughs> 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 and um yeah and so now anything that says taylor's version on it she actually owns and gets money off of and we celebrate that and we love and she's sounding vocally chef's kiss also, yeah, like who doesn't want to go back and be like, I sing this at 18. My voice wasn't even finished developing yet. Why not sing this again now that I can belt? Tell me why. Tell me why. We'll get there. We'll get there. So with this re-release, Taylor Swift does another amazing thing in the accolades of her life. Love Story originally was one of the best-selling singles of 2009 and was certified eight times platinum. That's crazy. With the re-recording of Fearless... Love Story once again topped the country charts, making Taylor Swift the second artist after Dolly Parton Uh, with I Will Always Love You to reach number one with the same song. So both the original and the re-recording have reached number one. But would that make her the first one to do the same recording as the recording artist? I think by that math, yes. Wild. That's crazy. That's insane. Uh, Fearless won Album of the Year and Best Country Album at the Grammys. It won album of the year. Album of the year. Wow, I did not know that. I thought 1989 was her first. No, but even wow. I mean, I don't know what was up. What was up that year? Let's get, this is our this is our googling music. What? Was that the 2008 Grammys? Yeah, or like I don't ever I never know what to type in with award shows. It's like, do I say the year that they're awarding or the year that the award show was? Because mm-hmm. it's always confusing. And the Grammys window makes zero sense to me. It was 2010. See, that's the thing. I never understand. That's confusing because the album came out in 2008. Endlessly confusing. Album of the year. Okay, so what it was up against Mm -hmm. was Big Whiskey and the Gru Grux King by Dave Matthews Band. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, (laughs) The End by Black Eyed Peas. Uh Uh, The Fame, Lady Gaga. Ooh. I Am Sasha Fierce, Beyonce. So that's, that's a year. That's a year. That's and and fearless one. Fearless one, which like wild. I mean, like the the swifty of the swifty of it all. I feel like that that roller coaster was really taken off for the first time because like debut, that's all great. And they're like second album, and it's got five hit singles. Actually, I mean, having five hit singles. I think the only reason we're thinking about fearless in the way we are is because we just listened to a version that has like twenty eight billion songs. That is true. And you have to remember, like when it came out, it was just bangers yeah it was yeah it was 100 percent bangers it only had 13 tracks i truly do think that the album is like just untouchable it's literally fearless 15 love story hey steven white horse you belong with me and then we hit breathe uh-huh and that is not for me honey it is not my favorite song named breathe for so, sure <laughs> not my favorite song named breathe um it's also just like th- these are my actual notes i wrote down colby where is she now what is she up to is she bubbly <laughs> um i said also the song is fine and it's very much a colby kelly collaboration where it's like like i was like yeah this is exactly what i would expect to hear at the dentist's office very very that and it like I don't know. And it's not bad. Okay, I need to clarify for everyone at home. Whenever I say something that seems negative, I just take it with like the overall caveat of that everything Taylor writes is a very well structured and written and I love her to death. But since we're going through this, let's get into it. Since we're doing it. Yeah, Breathe for me like really halts the album. Um it does kind of 
make a shift where I do think after breathe, like tell me why you're not sorry the way I love you all kind of lean more pop Rocky to me. Yes. Agreed. Yeah, actually. Okay. Yeah. So then I, Oh yes. Carry on. I have a lot of thoughts about some of the next ones. Yeah. So I think it, it does kind of <laughs> sonically hit like this weird spot where I'm just like, what happened? It's a transition period yeah. song. Like it doesn't even feel like it wasn't released as a single, right? No. Yeah. So like it, and it doesn't feel like a single. It feels like a transition song in the middle of the album that just happens to have Colby Calais on it. Who? Great. Her dad like, sure. famously and, like, she produced uh, Rumors so by Fleetwood Mac. So, you know why not? Why not? <laughs> um, I'm trying to see if there's anything that I said about the songs that are all the, all the bangers. Oh, I did. The one thing I did want to say about Hey Steven is that. Um, oh, we can talk about the bangers. We're not skipping. Oh, we're not skipping the bangers. Oh, I don't know if we were like skipping those to just be like, let's get into like the meat. Nah. Um, literally, what I wrote for like the first ones is what like Hey Steven is the one that popped up. because I'm like, did you just pick the name Steven because it rhymes with a lot of things? <laughs> Which, if you did, you're a genius. Cheers. <laughs> Again, another song that was not allowed in my house because my sister dated a Steven. Sure. So right, right, right. of course I listened to it in my car i also do yeah. remember um this this girl who was in my leadership class her name is sarah i won't say her la- i won't say her last name in case this you know of course you know. we're all about privacy yeah. <laughs> um but she was dating a steven and this is 2009 so he was at college we were finishing high school and she's like this is about my steven but then my gay ass would be in my car. Closeted gay ass would be in my car singing about a mythical Steven being like, I love you. And like, listen, that's kind of the beauty of Taylor Swift. Is that like, okay, so actually this is what I want to talk about. 15 mm. is low-key a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, most people would probably say high-key. But <laughs> the thing about this, and then we'll talk about it again on Red, but with 22 and with Taylor Swift in general, is she is such a an interesting way of as a youthful very young young person writing about youth while she was living it but from the perspective of somebody who's lost it like somebody looking back on it mm-hmm. and like it makes the songs like timeless like instead of singing a song being like i'm 15 it goes like when you're 15 you feel all of these things and we've all felt those things and that's why it's relatable no matter what age you were at it's like why driver's license is a banger and oh. everybody loves it is because everyone most people have at least know the age and the time period around driver's license. And then the rest of the song almost has nothing to do with driver's license, but like, because it all hits in these like emotional core things that like most people somewhat at least know of it, they can become like timeless, but also 15 is sad. Sad song. So sad. That perspective shift at the end. You think she's doing it's it's her country music moment. Yes. The most country moment on the album. Well, one of one of, but yeah, it's just a very good story song. Really, really gets you. And yeah, I think that that distance that she's able to put through autobiographical music is what makes Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift. Yeah, she she will give you specifics and then she will say, this is about me. And then in the in the chorus, she'll be like, actually, this is about you. Yeah. And you're like, wait, what? Actually, how'd you, how'd you do that? Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the way that, like, she's ruined red scarves for, like, the entire world. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, I think Fearless actually is a really good start to the album. I think it starts it it's really It's a good strong. opener. Yeah. I don't... It's funny listening to it. I'm like, this is not my favorite Taylor melody. It's not my favorite, like, anything, really. But as an opener to an album, I was like, yes, title of the album. I'm feeling it. It's kind of like Welcome to New York. Like, I love Welcome to New York. But also I can see if you're somebody that's never been to New York or doesn't give a shit about New York, you're like, why is this? Why is this happening to me? <laughs> but like sometimes an opener for an album just needs to be an opener for the album. Yeah, I want us to pay attention to that as we move forward, because I think I think across the board, Taylor's really good at title track or, or not title track, but the first track setting the tone where yeah. it might not be the best song on the album, but it does sonically tell you like this is what we're going to listen to. And then the second song always is like, here we go. Here we go, bitch. Like, I mean, like, literally across the board, the second song is the single a lot. Mm-hmm, yeah. Or a, or a single a lot. Um, except for Lover, but, you know, we'll talk we'll about talk that. We'll talk about Lover. Taylor, if you're listening and you said that you were on <laughs> Seth Meyers, 
justice for cruel summer but we'll get there thank you um literally when i got to love story i just wrote i mean come on now i mean okay romeo and juliet could never could never you have heard me scream this for years in the shower i know every word to the song it is really i don't know when i learned all of the words to the song. no no one does no one knows when they learned love story but everyone knows love story i was recently at a big old gay party in brooklyn, brooklyn. <laughs> and we were on the dance floor and there was a like club banger remix of love story taylor's version and every single person in the room lost their fucking minds and everyone was screaming and i was like this is like joy like it's also and you don't even realize how like kind of brilliant it is that she wrote a whole song called love story that subverts the idea of like what romeo and juliet is just because she could just because i mean also just because we've been talking about the way that she can distance herself the very first lines it's kind of like 500 days of summer right where they're like this is not a love story she literally yeah. says, we were both young when I first saw you. I close my eyes and the flashback starts. And then we're just in the flashback. Yeah, she gives you a full frame story <laughs> in, in like four minutes. With two of the most like known and beloved characters in the history of literature. And also just as like, this is mine now. <laughs> the ending was bad, Shakespeare. I'm so sorry. I fixed it. I'm sorry. I fixed this. Also just given us. Oh, God. That key changes the everything. Key change. It's one of the best key changes in pop music. Like, don't fight it. You can't fight the moonlight <laughs> and you can't fight this. Like, you can't. You just, like, <laughs> I've, I've never once, like, ha- had the song start and hear that banjo going. But also, here's the other thing. It's probably the most, like, country-sounding instrumentation on the album, but it still feels like pop to me. Oh, very <laughs> pop. So pop. But it, it, she's like, you know what? I used a banjo. And I'm like, you did. And according to that one website I found, that's country. And she told a story. Which is her definition. A love story, famously. Baby, just say yes. It's so good. I, I love the song so much. I think, the, I think her vocals on the Taylor's version one are, like, wild. I just, I'm like, again, I get this thing where I get very proud of people that I don't know, and they don't know me. Um, but I'm just like, go off, girl. You really, like, worked on your vocals in the last 10 years. I know. I'm, like, <laughs> welling up as we're talking about love story. I'm like, this is the best song ever. And she's like, yeah, I'm aware. But like we're like we're just like aging queers. <laughs> <laughs> but then when she's just like, um, oh, where is it? Is is this is this in my head? I don't know what, no, to, what think. to think. Oh, and the, the and the guitar's like gong 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 gong. Out a ring and said, clap clap. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's the key change. It's just it's thrilling. It's just like. Also, that it it just like shifts the whole thing. Like you hear a song and they're like, "Oh, it's Romeo and Juliet." Like it's a love story. The first time you're listening to it ever, which you know was just like twelve years ago for everybody, mm-hmm. thirteen years ago. Ugh. Um, you're like, "Oh, she wrote a sad song about Romeo and Juliet called Love Story," and then it's like, "Gotcha." They get together in my version, album of the year. <laughs> album of the year. Oh god. Yeah, I mean, what? Yeah, I, we could I, talk we could about do love story for, for the whole, whole time. episode. Yeah um hey steven is people love hey steven i with it's cute i like it it's a fun time i like that yeah i will say it's it's got a, like a little like of a wink to it yeah. that um i was like oh cute because again this album i do not know very well to be fully honest i knew like love story and 15 and then everything else was kind of like this is new for me oh wow um yeah i it's, i don't know why i think i just like i i kind of do the same thing with like when i started doing musical theater i was like oh i'll get on board with the stuff that's coming out and i like knew everything about like modern musicals and like one day somebody was like you need to know the where this all came from i was like oh yeah yeah and then you find stuff that you really love and that's those are gems you know yeah so we go love story we go hey steven and then we go into what i think is kind of a companion piece to love story with white horse yeah well okay so there's so much fairy tale imagery on this like entire album and then a lot of taylor stuff in general but like this whole album especially is like today was a fairy tale prince on a horse run away with me very like also as a whole so um, when i was watching hey steven i literally wrote this album is so much happier than her debut which is mm-hmm. fascinating um but then i got to white horse and i went oh there we go ah uh, yes ah uh, there she is oh uh, yes sad taylor Found sad her. taylor's back sad girl autumn um <laughs> But yeah, I was like, oh, but and like, also, I do like that. It's like a sad song. That's also like, but you'll never catch me. I'm empowered. I 
she literally again getting me with lyrics my mistake i didn't know to be in love you had to fight to have the upper hand oh yeah okay I'm like so this brings me to uh <laughs> this brings me to a theme of the whole album and you'll there's a comes a point later in my notes where i was like this album is a little romanticizing the idea of toxic relationships like i was like okay so the first album the debut i was like who hurt you Mm. and this one i'm listening to it i'm like who is currently hurting you like in the process like you are dating somebody that is and i'm sure we could google it this was like, uh joe jonas time period right yes 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 and then we didn't really get so that's the thing is like i kept thinking about how red is such an album about like loss and dealing with loss but it's also like fuck you for making me feel this way mm -hmm. and this album felt very much more like but if you came back, I, I, I'm here. We like, can do this at, again. And, yeah. uh, there's like five songs in this album that are literally about being like, oh, like just come through my window. Come I know you're life. actually ruining my life, but you're rain, and I want you to rain on me. And I was like, I don't. I, I, I definitely was like, oh, this is like an 18 year old like view of like being like, love has to be messy. It has to be destructive. And oh my God, remember that feeling though, where it's just like, of course, your your relationship has to have drama or it's not. Or you're not fighting hard enough. Well, it's like, that's like when I, that as an 18 year old straight person, I'm sure that's exactly where it falls into your life. But for gay people, it's usually like our mid 20s. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I remember being in, in high school and this couple who had been together for a while, but again, we're in high school, went to couples therapy. And I was like, well, their parents had money. Yeah. yeah. I, was like, <laughs> I was like, wait, <laughs> I can't. My God. I can't even afford my own solo therapy. And you're like, we got to talk about being 15, I guess. Sure. Should have just listened to Fearless. Yeah. Could have just, I mean, you probably actually wouldn't have learned much because it still kind of really loves the idea of being like, I'm in love with somebody that's really bad for me. Oh, all I wrote for uh, You Belong With Me is Deranged, a classic. Crazy. <laughs> it's legit it's it is literally it's the opposite side of what i was just talking about it's a toxic view of romanticizing somebody that is not in love with you well and taylor does this in a few songs and a few songs after this where she it, it'll be interesting to hear some of the stuff that she re-records because i'm like honey some of your songs like you're wrong yeah oh so here's the thing don't get it twisted i think we should have songs that are written from the wrong perspective it's just i have the same like thing of when people are just like i saw this movie with a gay character and the gay character was evil and i was like sometimes gay people are evil and that's fine that's the pull <laughs> like, quote we're allowed to have songs written from perspectives and because also it's dumb to assume that nobody ever feels this way like it's smart to write a song being like no you're wrong you're in love with me even if on paper that is a fucked up thing to say <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I am no saint. I have fully been this girl who's been like, I mean, you hang out with me all the time. So, like, I don't You're not with him. I wear sneakers. I wear sneakers. What the fuck is your problem? <laughs> and she sucks. And she's bad. She doesn't even laugh that's, at your jokes. I think that's the biggest, like, issue with the song is that it's not about him not being in love with her. It's about her being like, that other girl's trash, mama. Leave. <laughs> <laughs> and so like it is it's it's an inherently pretty problematic situation but for an 18 year old girl yeah no go off i love it honestly like yeah sure yeah get him, get him. go get him go, go get him go i get love him. it you go get him you go babes it's like any romantic comedy from that era or like any romantic comedy they're always about like those fucked up situations of being like i've been his best friend my whole life but he's marrying a bitch with a bob <laughs> <laughs> how dare you do cameron diaz dirty like that well i mean that's just every movie that she's ever been in <laughs> don't get me started on the holiday that's a different podcast <laughs> so then we hit breathe what you talked about yeah skip sorry uh, ooh, uh, <laughs> i said ooh, he said it he said it he said skip I skip but then we get to tell me why which comes in with that which is infectious well then you just like sit up on your couch and you're like hold on mm -hmm. we're in a whole different genre Whole. we're in a whole different we're this is a rock song like let's go yeah like take that banjo lick out put it on a guitar turn up your amp and you're in a, you're in a rock song babe also just like i i wrote down a bop through and through i love angry taylor the most my I fave think. 
I think when Taylor's angry, it's just like because she she gets to the point. She's like, "No, I'm a writer, and I'm gonna ruin your life." I love that this song is literally like, "I know that you know that you are making me miserable, and I want to know why." Yeah, <laughs> she's like, and so she's like, and I'm gonna tell you by belting my face off. These Taylor's versions, Taylor, yeah, Taylor's version vocals. That's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Um, girl, what? singing singing i was listening and i was like okay so good yeah i mean i like i love this one i think more people should sing it in like as a cover and i things, think people, yeah. like, i think it's just like a really great song i yeah i know that you see what you're doing to me tell me why is just like a succinct savage i wish i mean i'll remember it now but like we've all been in arguments like that where you're like i feel crazy that i have to tell you that you're hurting me because you have to know that you're doing this. Yeah. It feels very like, um, I'm sitting here crying and you're not doing anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, wait, can we you're not sorry. Feels like a one republic song? Sorry, I just clapped into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Ryan's like, damn it, I have to do so much editing now. Um, but like, am I drunk? No, I really, I wrote this apologize era gossip okay. girl ass back of the car. Blair and Chuck are making out fucking four chord ballad, bitch. What? I was like, who told you you had to write this song? I, it, feels, it feels like it's written for TV. I literally wrote one Republic S piano. Am I drunk? Sean will tell me. And then I went the bridge let me down musically like it's four chords okay so here's the thing and here's probably where if some swifties listen to this i promise this is said with love i love her do not get mad at me this is just me analyzing things very further on i love her this to me is the first time ever in listening to her music that i said the studio asked for one of these songs and you did it and you did it in the way they asked, which was make it as generic as humanly possible. Taylor is known for like specific lyrics and all of these lyrics are nothing. Like they're just words. Yeah. They're just sounds like <laughs> I'm trying to pull them up to just like confirm, but I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. I was, I was very like, there's another song coming that I'm about to go in on. Um, but this one, I was just like, Oh, somebody literally you like, somebody was like, Oh, can you just throw together a song? That we could probably submit for TV, which is fine. Which is fine. We're allowed to do that. Which is fine. Famously, famously, one of the best things that's ever happened was Savage Garden was sitting in their studio and they sent their whole album affirmation to their record label, and the record label was like, "You need a romance song. You need a big like love song." Like, and they were like, "Fuck you. We're gonna write the worst romance song we can think of, and we're gonna submit it." And they wrote a song called "I Knew I Loved You Before I Met You." And that song, because famously they knew this, they're like, that doesn't make any sense. How do you love somebody if you don't know them? Um, and they submitted it and it went number one. And they're like, well, I guess the studio was right, but that's stupid. <laughs> My fourth grade teacher got married to that song. She also got divorced. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. To that song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was like signing the papers, like I knew I loved you. Um, Why did I know that about my? But no, I, I honestly, I thought this song was so utterly generic, and I it almost, felt, I was like almost felt disappointed, and then I had to remember that it was her second album, and she was had the demands put on a rapidly rising star are to have songs like this. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, not my fave. But yeah, not my fave. Not my fave. Um, but okay, wait. The way I loved you, love it. What happened at two a.m.? This is the second song. That we've had a 2 a.m. reference. I can't remember which one was the other one. She is up way past curfew. She just turned 18. Ashton, my boyfriend for people at home, was like walking through the house while I was listening. And he was like, 2 a.m.'s late for her. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And then also like to have it referenced twice. I was like, something happened to her at 2 a.m. And she's pissed. I, for some reason, I wrote that it is. And I, I'm just going to read what I wrote because. Oh my god, wait, I think you wrote the same thing. I said, clearly influenced by Avril Lavigne? Thank you! <laughs> yes! No! Oh my god, I okay, this is literally what I wrote. My gosh, what happened at 2am? Also, this is another song that with a different production could be pop punk, very Avril, and love a song reminiscing about toxic relationships. Mm -hmm. But no, I was like, the, the vocal styling is very Avril, it's very like... Feels like complicated yeah. to me. She even uses the lyric complicated in the bridge, and I was like... Okay, that that feels like a reference more than it feels like anything else. Like I think she was like kind of being like, I want to do something very like. Uh, eh. <laughs> I do love. Yeah, she's she's got a lot going on. She's like, he respects my space and never makes me wait, and he calls me exactly when he says, and he's like close to my mom and my dad or whatever. But he does business with my dad. Yeah, <laughs> and she's like, but I miss screaming and fighting and kissing in the rain, and it's two a.m. and I'm like cursing so... your name. Yeah, it's. I honestly feel like this album is like someone watched Gossip Girl, and like they're like, let's thrive in all the drama of it all, which I love. Like it's also very high school, and like I love this era of. I hate karaoke. This song makes me want to be in a room with friends and scream, but I miss screaming and fighting and cursing in the rain. Like, oh no, it's great. Like I will also say, I actually like loved the song. Yeah. Um. But it made me want to hear like an Avril version or like mm -hmm. her do it with like some crazy high like we're the band we're Pink Slip from Freaky Friday and we're doing some like <laughs> like on top of it yeah <laughs> I wanted that <laughs> we really um, just want her to cover Ultimate. Well, yeah, honestly, I just feel like literally all of this. I'm just like, am I probably gonna do a pop punk cover of a an old Taylor Swift song because she was really feeling the the vibe then. She was really feeling it and like. But she was like, but I got to make it banjo. But I got to. Because I'm still winning the country album of the year on top of the normal album of the year. So I got to get both. Which makes sense. I, again, you are 18 years old. More power to you, honey. Not a single judgment on any of this. <laughs> Forever and always. Slaps. I said, what is a country song? This is a Paramore song in disguise. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's also, yeah, I loved it. It's also savage. I was like. Let's go. It also makes sense. Like, I thought this one is like, this makes sense with the way her product production has progressed into more rock sounds. Yeah. Like, this very clearly, to me, marked, like, this is where I'm going to go. I remember when Taylor's version came out, and since I didn't really know this album that well, but, like, every gay was, like, posting, forever and always. It's the forever and always for me. It's the forever and always. It's so good. And I was like, well, okay, I guess I'll start there. And so I, like, listened to that. And um, yeah, this has been my favorite one, I think, since it came out. I was like, oh, yeah, this mm -hmm. one sticks. I, it's this, this is the one where she's like, it, it's a great melody. It rains in your bedroom and everything is wrong. Yeah. It rains when you're here and it rains when you're gone. I don't know what the fuck that means, but I love it. And I can feel it in my heart. It means soul. regardless if life's going to be hard, regardless of whether you're here or not. So bye. <laughs> I, I am, yeah, love it. Love it so much. And then, no, love that one. Oh God, she lets <laughs> me down. Day. She doesn't stick the landing. Like, imagine, imagine the album ends on "Forever and Always," and the only thing was "Breathe." Wait, was the was the original ending change the best day? Change was. Oh, we're just, we're saving it. We're saving all of my rage for change <laughs> in a second. But 
The best day. <laughs> this is what I wrote. I feel like up until 1989, Taylor albums all had a moment that feels like, here's a bell that's super light and easy. And also, we're going to travel through time. <laughs> I wrote, what the fuck? Coming off of Forever and Always, what is this Jimmy Buffett song? <laughs> also, I said, also, uh, go off, Taylor. I'm being like, yeah, that's right. I have a good relationship with my dad. Sorry, gays. <laughs> <laughs> like what i was like yeah it's a classic country song and it's like going through growing up but like it has none of the specifics that we love from taylor swift yeah it feels very like and here's a song for the father-daughter dance and it's about her mom (laughs) (laughs) wait is it yeah i thought there was literally a line being like my mom my dad i think she did i just miss her i think she wrote it about her mom and it's literally like we went to the mall one day and i just i literally was reading it I read it as though it was fully about her dad the entire time. But it feels like father-daughter dance. It also feels like a... Why did I just assume it was about her dad? Patriarchy. There's a video I found from back when I was three. Wait, but then the bridge says, and daddy's smart, and you're the prettiest lady in the whole world? And you're... Does that mean like it's the mom talking about dad? Maybe I just vastly misinterpreted this song, but it's still I was like, which again we wouldn't if Taylor. Oh no, it's no, it's because there's a whole there's a whole verse that says I have an excellent father. His strength is making me stronger. I can't. I don't like this song. Yeah, you know what? If sometimes I'm like, let the artist have that one. If if that made them happy. Also, maybe a time to bring it up. Um, this album talks about God a lot. A lot of God. A lot of God. I it feels, and then I only noticed because. She doesn't really talk about God ever again once we hit a certain era. I think it kind of goes with what we were saying up top with like a double down on peop- the country, the country of, it of it all. And like the the the, the marketing mm-hmm. of it all. Again, if you mention God in a song and I mean, you've, you've got um, a lot of people on your you've side. You've got a lot <laughs> of people, which is funny because God is actually a general term. True. Yes. There's no specific. No, yeah, I'm talking strictly America here because yeah. America obviously has some. Um, it's just like a. That's a different that's podcast. A different podcast. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't want to get canceled on this one. So I was like, I was like, I'm about to go off. Yeah, the best day. <laughs> well, you can go off because we're at the end of the original album. Change. This is how this ended, really. Literally, how it be like pre deluxe. This is how it ended. I was absolutely just assuming that this was a like bonus track. Boys will be boys. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. So, um, li- this is probably the meanest I'll ever be on this little situation. Um, I wrote, this is truly a, uh, a very studio demanded. Can you make a generic song about inspiration and hope, but never say a single specific thing about what we're actually fighting for or what we're doing so we can use it in political campaign ads or Olympic commercials? Yes. <laughs> I agree. I was like, this is an infuriatingly generic song from somebody who give, has given us some of the most specific lyrics of all time. It, um, And it felt to me like it was, I felt, this felt to me like when she was the beginning of her being stifled as an artist of being like, what if I wrote a song about like fighting for what's right? And then her, all of her people were like, well, what is right in the eyes of our half Republican audience? Mm-hmm. And because also this was released 2010. Uh, yeah, she won the Grammy in 2000. It was released in 2008. I don't really know how the Grammys work. Well, she probably was writing it about Barack Obama, but couldn't actually say anything about it because he was changed. We can believe in that was this campaign slogan. Mm-hmm. And then like instead we get this insanely generic. Like, hold on. I have to look it up. This is <laughs> like I was just I was overwhelmed at how vague it was to the point where like there's this there's a scene on 30 Rock where they do this like whole thing. And it's like. They make a song about a disaster that haven't hasn't happened yet, so they can be the first to release the song, but they can't make it specific to the disaster. So it's just like, and we're so sorry for the thing that's happened to you that hasn't happened yet. And like it's so funny, but this is how the song feels. Like, because these things will change. Can you feel it now? These walls that they put up to hold us, who's who's, who's they? they? It's a revolution. The time will come. And then at this point you're like, oh, is she like supporting Barack Obama? And they go, and we'll sing hallelujah. And I was like, nope, she quit. She didn't, she didn't stick the landing. She went for the God stuff. Well, and then the Hallelujahs <laughs> sound exactly like the Paramore song Hallelujah, which was released the year before, which I'm not saying. I'm just saying we got a lot of Hallelujah. <sighs> so we've been outnumbered, raided and cornered. It's hard to fight when the fight ain't fair. She used eight for country. We're getting stronger now. 
find things they never found. They they might be bigger, but we're faster and never scared. Like this is not a Taylor Swift song. I, I like I refuse to believe that like she didn't write this in less than ten minutes. Like I imagine her, she was just like, okay, you want some shit about change? Fine. fine. I'm putting it at the end of the album. No one's gonna listen to it. Yeah, it's crazy. It's fine. I mean, it was still an era where like I mean, I think people at least in my circle are like getting into full albums again in the past recent years but like when you released a cd like we were still doing at this time right you it would just be on there. it would just be on there yeah but oof, oof. this one yeah oof. this one made me a little upset actually fortunately there's more there's more so now <laughs> we get into the second ever living song of the album yes i also wrote that this is jump then fall right yeah. Yeah. I don't know what about this because the tune is not coming to my head right now. I wrote I know, I not really either, but I did I did like it. I wrote Jump Then Fall makes me think of With You by Jessica Simpson. Sure. <laughs> I'll allow it. Um I did I do remember liking this song because it felt a little Avril. Mm-hmm. But I definitely can't remember the melody, so I'm right there with you. That's jump then fall. It's yeah, definitely a bonus track, but cute. Untouchable. I liked this one. Yes, I something about the approach into the chorus made me think of the song The Lucky One on Red. Oh, yes, very good. Strange thing about this song, it literally only has one verse and it's and then it has like six choruses and it goes on for five and a half And it has the most people credited as writers on it on any other song in this album. Wait, really? Yeah. That's really fascinating. I was like, what did they write? <laughs> I, I, musically, maybe they did stuff. Like, um, but I was like, oh, I like this one. I was afraid in the chorus it was going to get all super big, like the other songs right at the gate. Because like pretty much every song on this album is like, and we're in the verse, and we're doing this. We're in the chorus. Like, it's very that every time. Which I will say, structurally, like this album starts to get repetitive, and you're like, okay. Where I know where this is going. This one surprised me because it was a little more like intimate and the chord progression was a little funky in a cool way. And I was like, oh, I like this one. I also like that the lyrics didn't feel the lyrics felt like open to interpretation and not in a generic way, but a specific way. Which maybe that's why it took, you know, 22 people to write the chorus. Sure. Love it. Um... I just wrote come through piano version. Yeah. Forever and always. Yeah. Like, sure. I was like, cool. Okay. Okay. I, I'm never mad. I am never mad at a piano version. No. And I, I wrote this down for a, another song uh, that we had talked about already. But during the Reputation World Tour, the stadium uh, thing on Netflix, yes. Taylor talks about how she always writes all of her songs on either guitar or piano so that she knows that they're just like sound good songs, songs before you yep. put production on. And like, this is just an example of that. Um, where like, it it is just a good song and then you can do whatever you want with it it is like i i like love doing that like that yeah <laughs> i love just like i love when songs are stripped down and like that was what like like making my shit i'm like oh i want these to have like big sounds but i love like doing the stripped down version if i had a kabillion dollars i would just constantly be releasing acoustic versions yeah and i mean <laughs> it works for definitely like certain types of artists i really love it I, I am a big fan of like disinterested clapping music. So like if I hear oh, yeah. the stripped down version of like booty by Jennifer Lopez, I'm not like, <laughs> this is not necessary. Uh, <laughs> I want to see that. I want to see 54 below sings various versions of booty. Big, big booty, boy, you got a big <laughs> booty. It was actually, uh, it was a really interesting, I did 54 sings Maggie Rogers last night and she is somebody that is so, <laughs> she is somebody that is so um, focused on production. Mm-hmm. And the vibe of her music is so singular. And like, that's why Pharrell fell in love with her. But like, it did make me see like how important production is to a thing when then all of a sudden it was stripped down to like just piano, uh, drums, bass and guitar. And so I always appreciate when an artist does that. Yeah. So like, I will say, because for time purposes, I did skip this halfway through, but I am glad that it's there because I love when artists do this. It's very nice. Do you have anything to say about come in with the rain? Yeah, I wrote this is a musical theater song, but also kind of Twilight vibes. Um, I wrote, come on, moody country ballad with these key changes. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, also lots of vague God, re- God references on this album. 
And I said, a sign of the time. <laughs> uh, again, and it's not coming to me. Like, I don't, the, like, bonus tracks of this, like, because on the way that the Taylor's version album happens, it's, like, the album, and then it's the bonus tracks that were added originally on, like, a deluxe Fearless, and yeah. then we get and to the And then it's from the vault. I'm excited to talk about the vault, because I actually think the vault slaps. Yeah, I think we should talk about the vault, because, like, this section here... I superstar I literally wrote okay at this point I'm like yes I love all these vibes but you had Mr. Perfectly Fine on the backlog and didn't think maybe we need this <laughs> I literally wrote this song feels put on Taylor instead of coming out of Taylor yeah yeah and like also like she's writing a song with respect to a falling in love with a superstar I'm like girl you're, you're the superstar you're a superstar honey and, and it's Joe Jonas it's Joe Jonas I was like, it just a lot of this. A lot of this album feels like a a young girl that was, which she was, she was, and um, that that's the thing. It's like it feels like somebody that was in in a time period that was very just being like, be the good girl, be very like the the man you're in love with is gonna like be the person that you look up to and all these things and like all of the stuff that's like it's just romanticizing all of these ways that she's like being treated really shitty. Mm. And like this song like felt like the pinnacle of that of being like I'm taylor swift and i'm gonna write a song from the perspective as though i'm not the biggest person in this relationship and i'm just like no like you you bought a house with the songs that you wrote which yeah which is <laughs> funny because like with you belong with me right i buy it because that feels that feels like a like a story mm -hmm. like it doesn't even feel like her it feels like you, she's she did like a whole like thing because like there's characters there's all this stuff this just felt to me being like and i think you're really cool <laughs> Hey, and I'm worthless. And I was like, I don't like I this. I don't like this. Um, yeah, I truly appreciated the from from the vault section, especially as a full listen through, because it just kind of towards the end there gets really homogenous to me. But it's fun to hear her reapproach these things that were not released with like the Taylor Swift production that we know now. Yeah, well, because then, yeah, because what the other two we had was like the other side of the door, mm -hmm. which I also was like another song about breaking up with somebody and being like please come back to me because i'm worthless without you and i was like i cannot wait to get to the moment where she was like actually fuck these men they suck they suck um and then today for it was a fairy tale which is like one of her biggest songs right well today was a fairy tale was written for the valentine's day movie oh i did not know i did yeah. not know that so it's like doesn't apply i don't know was is is that one of her biggest songs or is that just something that like I thought for some reason, probably living with you and you singing it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, because I'm looking at like streams from this album, it's definitely not even in like yeah. the top third, right? Maybe it's just um, like a Swift one. But I, I, I do think it's like a good, it's a decent song. She like, likes to sneak it into things. Like she'll be like, okay, and now we're yeah. doing like a slow down version. And you're like, wait, what? It feels very, it feels very this kiss. Oh yeah, but your favorite song of I all time. I love that song. Um, but let's get into the vault because the, the vault is great into i was like all right we are back you all over me i'm sorry no amount of freedom gets you clean i still have you all over me 18 years old like that's that's great i mean and then like and then you hear like a lyric like that that she wrote at 18 and then eventually you're gonna get to like 1989 where she's like you're all over me like a wine stained dress i can't wear anymore and it's just like oh that's when like a concept came into my brain all these years ago and then now I know exactly how it feels. I'm like, that's really fascinating. And then it just from like, okay, so now she's re-recording this. She's recording this technically for the first time. She has this lyric written down. Yeah, and so she gets to do her own production and like has all these people and tools now. And that line is about literally all of these men that I'm sure she's moved past. I mean, she's had to, right? But oh, she, yeah. she's like, I have to delve back into this. That's gonna be brought up again. It's gonna like, the red re-release happened everyone's like fuck jake gyllenhaal she's like i know totally and, fine with I mean, it you know <laughs> my my favorite thing about that is like when seth is just like have you thought about like what the experience might be like for like those men and she goes honestly i haven't thought about it at all <laughs> <laughs> because like why like this is about her re-recording songs that she wrote and like it's got to be so nice. To, and like she says this, she's like, it's to be so nice to like, look at songs that you wrote when you were really in pain about something. And instead of feeling that sadness, you're just like, Oh, this song kind of slaps. I should release mm -hmm. it. It's also crazy with this song specifically, how country and pop have merged since 2008. And it's now like a 
it's now all so fucked up. Like, why was Casey Musgraves ineligible for country Grammys? That's bullshit. Yes. <laughs> That's in- it's insane because like what she didn't use enough banjo. Like if she calls herself a country artist, let her be a fucking country artist. I'm so mad about it. She sings songs about <laughs> her life. And according to Taylor Swift, that makes you a country artist. Exactly. I was like, does that make Phoebe Bridgers a country artist? Because she uses banjo on some of her tunes. Is Maggie Rogers a country artist? Maybe. Like there, it's it it honestly it feels so weirdly political and feels so stupid and it's when now that we have all these artists doing like genre crossover I'm just like what's well, like people were like the whole thing came into debate because of Lil Nas X and uh, Old Town Road and he said fuck y'all I'll just get Billy Ray mm-hmm. and then they're like no now it's definitely country and now he's you know him queer pop genius um so now we get to well come on now. Come on now. It, she is the moment. When this came out, I was just like utterly shocked. I'm like, you have been sitting on this song for 13 years, probably longer. It's so good. It's like one of my most played songs on my Spotify like ever. I love this song so much. Did we even say the title? Mr. Oh, yeah. Mr. Perfect. I don't realize if we said it out loud. Sorry. I just get really excited about I it. I wrote bop, bop, bop. And then thank God it wasn't released originally with Fearless because I don't think we would get this style and production on it. And also the vocals, like and she the vocal key changed, like and the, I mean, come on now, <laughs> like it was just so, it's so good and it's so specific and like, I love that it's like kind of the perfect mix and that that she's nailed so well in these last like you know, ten years, of her being like songs can be sad but they don't have to be they can also be empowering like you can like mix the two. She probably listened to Dancing on My Own for the first time. You start working with Jack Antonoff and. There you Max go. Martin eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, even Sophie Turner, when it was released, was like, I mean, it's it's great. <laughs> oh, you know that she like wakes up Joe sometimes being like, click. <laughs> I would. I'd be like, hey, uh, the song about you is really good. <laughs> very good. I love it so much. I hope she does it in live shows because it's so much fun. I like it. Yeah. I'm in it. Um. What else we got from the vault that we love? Uh, we were happy. I really, I was like, oh, we got some some sad Taylor. Um, I love like the light percussion. I love that these the the from the vault ones feel, and I think this was on purpose. I think she was like, I need the original stuff to sound like the original stuff because that's what the fans want for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she was like, I will recreate the production for those. And then this, I was like, no, she's like making a whole different thing, like everything here production wise sounds different and so like even though some of the the structure and everything is similar to like the 18 year old writing it just sounds so much more mature and it sounds so much more um interesting sonically to me yeah also the bridge of we were happy is amazing i literally wrote bridge goddess strikes again the infrastructure oh i hate those voices telling me i'm not in love anymore but they don't give me choices and that's what these tears are for because we were happy yeah, like it just I was like this is a good song. It's just a good song. I um Yeah, moving on. <laughs> oh, I mean, um that's when okay, I love Keith Urban, we know this. Mm-hmm. I've seen him multiple times in concert. Here's the thing, I am not the biggest country fan, um mostly because of all like the bullshit of genre that I've been speaking about. Ad end. Um ad nauseum, but um I do think Keith Urban is like wildly talented. Mhm. And this started, this song started, and I said, there's Jack Antonoff. I knew he was here somewhere. And I literally, like, pulled up the song credits, and I was like, yep. I was like, I would know those warped synthy chords anywhere. Um, But I was like, I love the production, and I think it's a really, like, catchy song. I do think the lyric is confusing. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I literally wrote, it's like, when can I come back to you? And the the first response is, well, that's when. (laughs) And you're like, what? Excuse me? Who? Did you, did I miss a sentence? And then it's like, that's when all of these, and then, but then the lyric is like, that's when, when you're in my street, that's when, when I see your head. (laughs) And I was like, I'm confused. And then I was like, oh, it means that like, whenever I see you, the next time I see you is, but it's kind of like a very convoluted way of saying like, the next time I see you is when you can come back to me. It literally sounds like Timothy Chalamet's character in Lady Bird decided he could write lyrics. (laughs) It's like yeah. that confusing it's, where you're like, I do love you, but you're not actually saying things. 
But what I will say is that only because I was sitting here reading the lyrics for this that I thought that. If I just heard it, I was just like, vibes. vibes. Like I was like, yes, this is great. Because my favorite thing about music in general is that the lyrics don't really have to make sense as long as it feels right. Famously, When We Were Young by Adele is the longest run-on sentence in history, but I cry every time. Every time. Yeah, the song just kind of, it feels like a driving Keith Urban song, you know? Yeah, I, I, I like it. I was like, oh, cool, cute. I will probably add the From the Vault songs to a playlist and be like, I'll keep these. Yeah, I love the vault. Don't you, I just wrote Jazz Flute and a Synth. I'm in. Yeah, I mean, it's another Jack song. I was like, oh, I loved how like this this song to me felt like a cold winter nostalgic like mm. moment. Um, I will say in this album, and she does this a lot and a lot of artists do, it's a very popular interval. But there's like this interval that people sing that's like da 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 in like so many songs. And she uses it on That's When and then uses it again on Don't You. And it was just like one after the other. I was like, because it's the same thing. It's just like a mannequin or like satellite call. Or like there's so many songs wow. that use this exact interval. Um, I think I've used it before. Come on, music like, theory. Listen. Um, but like I literally wrote on That's When. Taylor loves that interval on laughing. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next song, it like comes right back in. Um, but I get it. Like I use the same like chord structure in like half my song so i'm like yeah okay that makes sense oh and then bye bye baby i literally wrote nothing down what a horrible host you're like i'm at the end i said goodbye it's been a, it's been an like, hour this is the length of a movie hours <laughs> and it's so funny because like then we're gonna get to red and be like i listened to it twice <laughs> yeah the whole time today. all the way through yeah um i did like i was like i really love what jack has done with all of the songs at the end there i'm also like a jack fan i'm wearing a bleachers t-shirt you can't see it because you're listening to me um but like i do think he's amazing and so i love his production it's just like to my taste and so i was like oh i like love this and i was like the original productions left a lot of the song sounding the same to me but these last three feel very different even though they're all very similar in content Mm -hmm. um and all the vault sounds so all the vault songs sound more mature and i wonder if that's why they were left off the album because they feel like they're like you all over me possibly can strewed as slightly sexually charged for an 18 year old girl that's you know trying to keep all like the god fear and folks mm-hmm. coming to her concerts um it was also the time of purity rings oh my god yeah was like joe was working yeah that, right? was, the jonas brothers were doing it demi lovato was doing it yeah and so like i i did get the vibe of like they kept some of them off for like content mm. because they're like you're again it's like she says in her documentary she's like i had to be the good girl so she's not allowed to say anyone's all over me. Which is such a good lyric. It's amazing. Yeah, overall, I was like, honestly, not my favorite. Like, no, not so um, not many hits. So many hits. But I didn't I didn't have a bad time listening to it. Like, it's it's still better than 99% of the stuff that people write and release. And it won album of the year because people loved it. Like, it's. Yeah. Yes. But I was like. There's a reason that I, there's probably a reason I did not latch on to Taylor Swift until I did. And that's fine. It's my taste. That's, that's <laughs> how the cookie crumbles. But yeah, it, it's just kind of, this also is the last album for a little bit where Taylor is saying in interviews and stuff that like, some of these songs are autobi- autobiographical. A lot of them are from my observations of other people doing other things. That's interesting. Um which I think might kind of be why a lot of these songs, when they aren't hitting, they really don't hit. Cause I, I, you just feel like an authenticity shift. Yeah. And like, I think maybe that's when things got more generic because she probably didn't want to like air other people's stuff, but wanted to write about the emotions of it all. Mm -hmm. Whereas I'm like, no one's going to know what's about them except for them. Maybe. Well, and then the next one we do, we do have the hit song, dear John, which is very clearly about someone. (laughs) I mean, I, I'm I'm excited for the next one because I also this is the last speak now is the last one that I don't really quite know as well, except for like obviously I know mine, and like I know mean, which slaps, um, and I know like enchanted because everyone's obsessed with enchanted. Like, come on now, um, but there's like for the majority of the album, I actually really don't know it, but I do know that it's from what I understand, it's a little more like tight of an album. So we've done fearless. And we've done self-titled, and I just want to do a check-in. Why do you think Taylor is like this at this point? 
I mean, that's what a complicated question. Right? Like, because obviously her parents saw talent from such a young age. And it's got to be really fascinating, like going through that experience of being like, I'm going to try and be a star while most of my, while I'm still learning how to drive. Yeah. And then like also then becoming a huge star and having the pressure of having to replicate that success and then doing it. And then some like winning album of the year at 18 is insane or like 19. I guess she would have been maybe. I don't know her birthday, um, but I should know her birthday, shouldn't I? That's probably a thing. I'm sure someone will yell at us. I don't know it off the it's top fine. of my head. Yell at me. It's I really it's totally okay. Um but like then that it creates a whole new issue of like I have to top that, I guess. Like I the the pressure of like having to constantly tear yourself apart looking for these new songs to write because people are like please give me more. And like I think that's probably why we're about to start seeing a shift towards a lot of autobiographical writing. It's like, she's about to go through a lot of stuff in her personal life, which obviously that's always a thing to write about. But also it's like, I think at a certain point you're just like the pressure of me having to deliver, I have no choice, but to like start here and just like bear it all because I guess that's my job now. Yeah. Cause especially after, after fearless, I think it's solidified that Taylor Swift is it. Like she's not, going away she's not disappearing um yeah she's here and has been her life has changed she's in a whole new world of uh fame and money and whatever so like to generically and she's oh sorry to generically write about that would actually be off-putting i think as a listener yeah especially when the thing that made her so successful was her authenticity as a teenager Mm -hmm. And being like, it, it appears like I can approach you at any time. And we're about to hit a very important thing, unfortunately, from the view of society, which is when she released Fearless, she was like turning 18, like around 18. And now we're about to get into like the woman era. Mm-hmm. And everyone looks at you differently. And this is like when we're going to start dealing with like, she's dating these people and like, because she's of age, whatever that means. Like, it's just like, it's really gross, but like, I'm, I'm obviously we all know the stories about how the media turned on her so hard. But like, this is probably the last like innocent album we'll get in terms of how she was viewed, not regard not innocent in terms of like who she was, but like how people treat her. Yes, as in because she was like she was a young girl that had a killer debut and then one album of the year, and like that's amazing. And then everyone's about to turn on her because then she's a woman. Yep, yep. <laughs> and like that's a fascinating thing to watch. And then you see it affect her music, like. You get call you get call outs in the songs, and she that she left off on the previous album. She's gonna get him. Uh Mr. Perfectly Fine. What a bop. Any last thoughts on Fearless? Um, no. I think if I would have listened to this when it came out and was super into it, I think I probably would have felt all my feelings about the re-release. And instead, I'm just like happy for people that love this album. Not totally for me. Yeah, but um, it's still better than like 99 percent of shit. So like Taylor's Taylor. Yeah, I think. I wish I could crank out this many songs. I know. Seriously, I cannot write a song. Um, yeah, this is 26 songs that we listened to for an hour and 46 minutes. Insane. There's going to be ones we don't like, right? But above, I would say 75% of this album I really do love. Oh, yeah. No, like, again, I, there's no part of me that was just like, any of this is bad. There's things I was like frustrated by, but only because I know the Taylor that writes for the next 13 years after this. But like... She was 18. She was 18. <laughs> well, I'm excited. Speak Now is one of my favorites. And I can't wait to do that next one with you. Yes. All right. Until next time, y'all. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.